0: This podcast is brought to you by DC Music Publishing. Find out more at dcmusicpublishing.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Music Business podcast. My name is Danny Champion. Uh, this podcast is a music business, music industry Podcast where I talk to a whole range of individuals about their journey in music, about what they do, and most importantly about why they do it, and how they do it. This week's episode is with the founder of SyncFloor over in the States, Kurt DeBeek. I was reached out to via Kurtz people to see if I would be interested in speaking with him and I am so, so happy that I I said yes and we had this conversation. He's an amazing guy, uh, really, really great to talk to and full of information. Uh, We spoke about Seattle where he and his company are based, about the music scene there. We spoke about his journey from his time at Microsoft all the way through to starting his current company, SyncFloor. We talked about SyncFloor and venture capital funding. We talked about his record company, Brick Lane Records, and uh, just a whole range of other stuff in, in, in between. Um, It was an amazing conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, So here is my conversation with Kurt DeBeek from SyncFloor. You're you're based out in Seattle, yes. That's right. That's yeah, right. yes, and Seattle. On, I've never been myself. I've only been to New York, Boston, and mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm. But Seattle seems like it would be my kind of city. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I give, give it,
1: yeah, in that sort of way. Yeah, I, might, I think I think you're right. Um, and I've I've been to Manchester. I actually went to see. Uh, uh, Man, um, you play oh Middlesbrough <laughs> at Old Trafford, <laughs> okay, and and then and then went to Anfield to Liverpool to, to watch uh, Liverpool play. Who did they play? Gosh, I forget who they played, but um, but yeah, so but I but I get I totally get that you know sort of something you can sort of um put your arms around a little bit more,
0: yeah. Um, While still it's very, still
1: getting the kind it, of city kind of thing.
0: It, but it's it's also it's very particular. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's its own little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a massive grunge fan as well, so that's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. one of the reasons why I really gravitated <laughs> towards there.
1: And I don't. There's know a much... lot more than grunge now. I, know, but, I, know. And, I and I love grunge, by but, the way. But but yeah, uh, yeah. But you yeah.
0: know, it's got its own. It's got its own culture. It's got its own. It's feel got its own to yeah, it's it. Got, yeah. Can that's you, you, you know, what you've you just mentioned that it is more than grunge <laughs> now. So <laughs> what is kind of well? I mean, the see, music I mean well,
1: Seattle's music scene is as, you know, diverse as anywhere. I mean, it's a great music scene. Um, I think, you know, with the explosion in the 90s, you know, of grunge, um, the early 90s, uh, it, you know, a lot of what what was just a rich underground scene of lots of kinds of music kind of got um, hidden in some sense, right? Because people were just weren't thinking about those things. But yeah, yeah. ultimately... You know um you'll find you know a great hip-hop scene you'll find a great you know jazz scene. you'll find a great just general indie scene like when you when you think about sort of you know sort of some some of the the bigger indie rock indie pop bands that came out of here whether you know you're talking about the death cabs or or things like that you know um you know you'll you'll find all of that in this in this area mm. in way, right and it's, it's quite quite rich in that sense um uh and you know uh yeah i think a lot of people still like you know because it had such a large foot footprint um you know with you know your nirvanas and sound gardens and things like that like it's just hard for people to kind of go oh yeah there's all this other stuff but there's t- tons of stuff and especially for somebody who's very very who cares a lot about the indie scene right um per se there's there's just definitely you know fertile soil
0: how how well Does kind of the indie scene in in and from places like Seattle travel across America at the moment? Because I mean, you know, I'm kind of coming at this from living on a very tiny island, geographically speaking. And you kind of, you know, I, I travel up and down the country a lot and that's mm-hmm. you know and i feel like 3 or 4 hours is a long distance to go if yeah, you're in yeah. manchester and you need to get into london for meetings and things like <laughs> that or from bristol or whatever but yeah. you know in the us everything's much more stretched out yeah. everywhere's yeah, got yeah, sure. its own little pockets and its own little that's scenes true, true. but those scenes have to have to travel they have to go mm-hmm. across everywhere mm-hmm. so so from your experience you know, how, how does that happen, or does, or, or, or do, do places like Seattle kind of, I guess, do they kind of keep quite insular, and you can be quite popular, yeah. and you can ha- make a career out of that kind of tiny, I guess, section of a much bigger mm. of a much bigger area. Um, that,
1: I mean, that's it's a large question, and and there's a, an element to that about pre and post pandemic. Um, I yes. guess I don't know if we can call anything post-pandemic. It's actually pre and in pandemic, pandemic. Yes. Um, But you know, I you know I think, and also there's there's a bit of sort of modern times versus not. You know, if you if you think about um, what you know the internet has created in terms of connectivity of subcultures around around the globe. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, uh, for that matter, not just around a particular country. You know, the idea of of you know sort of knowledge and feelings and 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 uh, transfer of culture happening across borders, whether they're you know city subculture borders or or what have you, can can happen in ways that that nobody really had ever pictured before. Uh-huh. You know, back when it was it was really about like, could you you know get in your van and tour, right? That was one thing, right? And and absolutely, you know, I think you know what you'd find is is bands you know seeking to go down those you know sort of major thoroughfares like if you're if you're an east coast band you're doing you know you're going down the coast if you're or up the coast depending on where you are if you're a west coast band you know you're kind of doing that thing just because it was you know sort of that was the simplest thing to do as a small indie band um that said you know i mean part of you know you know being in bands and and you know making music and playing music and wanting to connect with people is is about going on adventures and so you know insofar as as people had the wherewithal and and you know the the stomach for it right you know people
0: would you know get in and drive how much is, how much <laughs> of that stuff have you bigger. done as an artist uh, personally, yeah, yeah
1: personally yeah personally i've done i've done some i've done some in some in the states uh, um on both coasts primarily um and then you know also Don't bother in Europe.
0: With the middle we all, we all <laughs> no, but
1: mix. I just <laughs> but like the kind of stuff that I did like you know I was kind of doing the the one person you know carry a lot of a lot of equipment around kind of right. thing so I had to kind of you know really plan carefully how I was gonna make that happen um on my own and um and you know I also Europe was actually pretty good for that I you know I played you know f- several shows in in Europe and okay. you know I, I you know at least getting around to places on trains is is not so bad um you know although you know taking equipment down very you know tiny corridors and stairs <laughs> that, can, <laughs> that can get you know entertaining you know yes. well, especially when you're doing it on your own just going up and down <laughs> exactly and down, up exact, up and down. exactly exactly you know um reminds me of uh le Popin in paris you know, <laughs> kind of thing nice um but yeah so so you know so but you know again it's you know, there's a bit of the adventure there. And, and, you know, one of the things we did as Brick Lane is, a, and that, you, know, many, you know, many labels do is provide tour support, right? So mm-hmm. part of the budget that you, you set aside is to help bands get out there. And, and the reason for doing it is very different in modern times than, um, than back in the day, you know, sort of, you know, you, you recognize that in some sense, you know, this is, this is about creating, um, you know, sort of connected momentum you know, you know, sort of you know, when people talk about direct to fan, right? Yes. You know, sort of one of the old oldest ways of doing direct to fan yeah, is Apple get out there and touch them. And... <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And so so, you know, so that, that was that was some of it as well. But you know, um, yeah, I so I, I going to your sort of original question, you know, I regardless of city, especially, you know, if you're in one of the major cities, I think band bands get out there and travel, you know, because cause they that's part of wanting to connect with people that they want to do that. Um but it does cost, and so so that's you know there's there's sort of certain amount of planning and so on, especially if you're an indie.
0: What is your musical background? You're a you are a performer, you are a songwriter, and <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you you. It's, run, been a, it's
1: been a minute since I've played a show.
0: But. And you, run, and you yeah. run a company at the moment that, that yeah. we will talk about, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. um, part, but,
1: of, part of the reason it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but, you know, you, you spent 20 years at Microsoft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. N- I, were you, you know, a touring artist during that time as well? Or is this kind no. of, it's a, have you returned to the music? Side yeah, of the no,
1: thing? so... So, you know, so, I mean, you know, a lot of it it's all sort of caught up in some sense in, in one big quilt, um, you know, sort of uh, during, I would say, you know, sort of the last third or so um, of my time at Microsoft, I'd gotten sort of more and more deeply into, into, you know, sort of making music and, and it was right. something that was just a passion of, that, you know, that was of mine. And, and the more I got into it and the more I connected with, with, you know, sort of artists in the community. Um, the more that sort of drove me to look at what was happening outside in the in the broader sort of music industry Uh and in and and I would say with fairly naive lens you know sort of thing as almost anybody does when they kind of come from the outside and look at the music industry they have a whole bunch of thoughts about how it works but the part that was that I was very you know sort of connected to is that you know there were people that I cared about who I could see the impact of various kinds of disruptions that were happening in the music industry, especially disruptions that have impacted the the indie ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing, right? And 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 it was in the context of that 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 I kind of started to think about, well, what do I want to do next, and how do I feel like I can I can help? Um, and you know, sort of, I you know, the first light bulb in terms of like, oh, you know what, I can I can help, is maybe by you know, sort of. Thinking about a different way of engaging with artists, about helping them in their career, okay. um, and and so that led me to, to start this music label, um, and and that's probably you know probably, probably one of the craziest ways to go you know <laughs> say, oh, hey, well, I'm gonna go jump into the music industry by starting a label." You Quite know, expensive, the, <laughs> it as can, well. be, can be, it can be, um, and uh, but but you know ultimately, I'm I'm definitely one of those people that you know in terms of learning. You know, sort of jumping into the deep end is is a really good way for me to learn. Um, uh, and so, uh, so that's and that's what happened. You know, so I, I you know, I kind of, bo- and and for me, part of that experience was wanting to have significant empathy with the artists that I was working with. And so, do you know, making art myself was not even a choice, right? It was something I just wanted to make. Yeah. But but going and really kind of saying, okay, well, I'm going to make it, and I'm going to perform, and I'm going to go tour, and I'm going to, you know, that all of that also really helped me really understand the entire process right that mm-hmm. that artists that i would talk to and work with were going through and i think helped make me a better partner in that sense um and um and you know i'm making music and putting out records and going on tours fun <laughs> so, so that, that was great too right um you know uh and so 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 you know did that and then in the course of doing all of that you know um, learned learned the industry much more deeply Right? And, and really start to understand like, okay, here are the places, especially as you think about music futures, where, you know, the combination of what's happening in the evolution of music as an art form, what's happening in the evolution of distribution of music, what's happening mm-hmm. with the internet and technology, what's happening with how people connect with fans, what's happening with how people use music in other creative ways, all of those things start to sort of, you know, spur the, the creative juices about like, well, what else can we do to help? And that's that's kind of the thing that led to to Sync Floor.
0: Okay, so prior to to Brick Lane, mm, yes. there was you hadn't there wasn't a relationship with the music business whilst you were at Microsoft. There wasn't any crossover there. That was
1: well, actually, there was there there was some crossover. So when when I first um, you know sort of one of one of the the projects that I worked on significantly while there was. Um, was in what was called the Windows Media Group, so so I worked on you know, on Windows Media. I worked on the server. Right. I worked on the Windows Media Player. In fact, actually, I, I wrote a significant amount of code on the um, on the the sort of jukebox features of the Windows Media Player
0: okay. when when
1: it first came out, with you know, sort of managing your media library and ripping CDs and things ah, like that. those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> That's right. And so 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 that so in in that context, right, as we were sort of building those features and thinking about what it meant to, to, to do digital media, um, you know, there's some crossover with respect to what, you know, sort of the music industry is doing. So, and, and there definitely, you know, there's some of that that came into the passion there and, and in some, in interesting ways, like the combination of that experience, you know, the experience with, you know, music and artists, the music label and all those things sort of really sort of all come together in terms of what, I do day-to-day now mm-hmm. you know um, which is you know combining thinking about music and music as an art form and music as content and music as something that people want to creatively combine with things and technology that helps enable that while bringing access to opportunity to an ecosystem yeah. and so so mm-hmm. that's you know
0: is there anything that you kind of were trying to do differently Sure. at, yeah, at yeah, that yeah. point at that early stage you know you yeah, said yeah. that you wanted to work in a certain way when I've yeah. been reading up about the company, the word collective comes out yeah, quite yeah, regularly, yeah, It right. uh, right. stood out to me. So I'm just I'm interested as kind of where your headspace was at when you first went. You know what? I'm passionate about music. I'm going to dive into this head first. You know wh- yeah, how yeah. how did how did the how did how did your brain work? Yeah, how did it come, come together? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, when I sort of jumped into to, to doing this Bricklay thing, you know, I definitely had I had this idea that what I'd seen in the context of the music industry was a, a sort of a, a mode of operating with engaging with artists that really, you know, I felt could be changed to make, you know, sort of the, the specific artist feel like you're more of a partner in their success and lifting them up. And, um, and the set of artists that, you know, belonged to this label feel more like a collective where, you know, sort of a rising tide lifts all boats. That's that was that's sort of the the okay. abstract idea. Um, in practice, what that meant was really changing the 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 sort of contractual relationship in some sense between right. you know Bricklin and an artist, and and it sort of was founded on a set of principles which at the time were very very you know unique. I would say, um, but you know sort of now is is you know fairly par for the course um, because you know artists have a lot more leverage, independents have more leverage, and are more savvy. And, things like that mm-hmm. but you know we started by saying that look first of all this is an investment not a loan so the idea of you not seeing anything until you've sort of paid through and recouped stuff etc we're like no like you know you know we have a budget related to your project and um, you know you know every dollar that comes in you see your portion of that dollar immediately um, your the poor your portion of that dollar is gonna be our artist majority um, you are going to to work with us on a project and it's up to you if you want to work with, with us on the next project. Um, so you're not locked in for multiple years or projects or right. anything like that. Um, uh, ideally, you know, that's that's because you know we had a relationship that you felt, you know, could you know sort of be furthered by by continuing to work with us. But importantly, we we felt that look, our job was actually to kind of lift you up to whatever makes sense for your next level. Um, and that might not, might not be us, you know what I mean? It, it, might, it might be somebody who has another, you know, sort of, you know, level of um, reach or, yes. or, or, or what have you. Um, and so, so things like that were, you know, were really, really important as principles, and we really encoded them in very straightforward ways in, in the contractual relationship. So that artists felt like, wow, okay, you, you really are here to serve, you know, sort of my long-term needs, Right, You know, um, insofar as like, I feel like, you know, us walking together along this path continues to do so. Uh-huh. And there's no, no issue with me continuing on to the next thing, graduating in some sense, right? Um, you know, I remember, you know, one of the bands we signed when we, when, when we were negotiating with their team, their management team and legal team they literally asked us if we were a a non-profit at the time because they were just like (laughs) they were like these terms are really friendly (laughs) well
0: how did how how did did, you know obviously from a business perspective if you are investing money up front and Mm -hmm. not effectively getting that money back before anybody's is then sharing is is it is it a slight well, well you you scale, are sharing or... for each well
1: for each dollar you are sharing and and there there was a scale that we do um over years in terms of how you stair step the split although the split was still artist majority mm-hmm. um when we were one stop if you want to think of that when we were looking at both sides and it's like that and then if you're looking at one side then we have this kind of thing where it was you know it started majority one way and then flipped right. um, but uh you know, the 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 idea for us was that, you know, this was going to be a long-term relationship in the sense that, you know, so whatever project we worked with you on, uh-huh. even if you went off and left to do your next projects, then, you know, our assumption was that if we help you be successful, then that success will have a halo effect on the things you originally did. Right. Right. Um, I, mean, I mean, in some sense, you know, maybe that was a little bit before its time, you know, <laughs> you know before people started to really focus in on the idea that back catalog was so so important as artists, you know, sort of became really, really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Until they start to sell uh,
0: it all for hundreds
1: of But, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we tried to take the long view. But, uh, you know, I think part of it, too, besides taking, you know, sort of that long view, we, we, we were simply interested in helping artists, you know. Yeah. So we said, look, you know what, we, we think this is a good way to start. This It's a, a good set of principles to abide by um if it if it works it works if it doesn't work we you know we we at least came came here to try to help right and And
0: that that's i i at the tail end of last year set up my own little publishing company Mm -hmm. and kind of with that ethos in mind it's like i'm i'm not done with this industry yet and i want to try and do it and i'm going to make it artist friendly and if it works amazing and if it doesn't then at least i can say i tried Lisa yes i tried, to help. It. I tried to uh, help. i'm not looking exactly. back going oh i wish i did that yes so right exactly with exactly. that investment in mind was that was that your money that you were that you were yeah. fronting yeah. up yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. like investor mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. No, or anything no no like yeah that. No, so no, you no, were no, you yeah, were yeah. in it for yeah
1: we were on the line we were on the line you know and and, and, and you know no no regrets it's been and we, we it's still around i said i can't put the same kind of time into you know because that's one of the one of the things is that you know, running a label, you know, or and running a publishing company can, is, is quite time consuming, you know, um, especially when you're actively, you know, releasing and managing and, and seeking out um, uh, opportunities and, mm-hmm. and, and, and promoting and things like that. Um, and, you know, it, so, so it was it was something that I think because, because of that, it means that you get really deeply into it. And so I would say, you know, my level of education in the music industry you know sort of was significantly accelerated by you know by that experience and okay. and in some sense it you know sort of without that experience there there wouldn't be you know sing floor <laughs>
0: Yeah, so five years in to the kind of the Brick Lane project was when Sink Floor started. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's about right. That's so about right. you you mentioned that you were kinda of, you were learning what what where where the industry was going, where the focus was. Mm-hmm. So obviously you mm-hmm. saw a big halo of light over this thing called Music licensing, placing That's music right. in in film yeah. and TV, and synchronization and things like that. Was mm-hmm. it w- w- was was the idea of Syncfloor a quick one to kind of come out, or did it take some finessing to? Kind well, of I what mean, it, what, well... what it is now, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the the journey has certainly taken time, and and we're still on it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so you know, we founded it in, in twenty seventeen. Um, and, uh, but we, you know, so I think, you know, really what happened was that, you know, we, we looked, we were looking at, at what was happening in industry and trying to find like, well, what are ways we can sort of scale the help that we were doing? Like what's, what you know, what, what could we, what more could we do? And, you know, there, there are lots of places that were evolving rapidly, right? And the distribution was, was a, a good example of something that was evolving rapidly. And, and the idea that people could do a lot of self-serve um yep. into distribution and things like that but you know um many of those areas there were people doing lots of really great work you know sort of and, and you know getting to scale like if you think about the you know the tune cores of the world or, yep. or or things like that um uh who happens to be one of our partners um uh it's you know with SyncFloor. i never seriously considered distribution as a a thing of like okay we're gonna go do you know sort of uh uh, a company around distribution. I'm just saying that, like, if you look around at the different things that were happening, there were many areas of the music industry that were evolving rapidly. Distribution is a good example of one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and what happened to catch you know sort of our eye was this idea of you know the use of music in these other creative pursuits, where you know the at least the way that the way that things had evolved at the time. Um, it was incredibly Rolodex-driven, right? So if you if you're if you're an indie artist or an indie label or, or, or indie agent, right, br- sort of breaking into that world and figuring out how you get access to opportunities yeah. was really really painful, right? You know, like because you know there it was hard to figure out how you wedge yourself into the network and even see the opportunities. You could you could have the per- the perfect piece right for a particular you know let's say you know film or what have you right and nobody might know about you in fact you know we used to tell people that you like you literally could be across the street from the artist who's making the thing that is absolutely perfect for what
0: you want it's a a world it's a world that that continues to rely on building trust building relationships the amount of work that someone will get because their mates with the director right. and things right, right, like right, right. that. I've, you know, I, as as I mentioned at the beginning, I, my background. I've been in the Sync World for yeah. twenty years mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a few of other episodes that I've done. They've had the same, uh, they've had the same kind of story, which is just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a project landed because went, <laughs> oh, <yeah." laughs> a mate called me up.
1: That's right. That's and, right. That was and, how and it is, there's a... And there and there, and there isn't anything wrong with that. There's you know, and you know, there's you know the fact of the matter is that you know humans, you know, do things based on building relationships and building trust and so on. But you know, as it scales, right, what well, you know, what you find is that when you have a lot of people trying to find ways to get access to opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and are not being, you know, sort of systems in place for them to to get their fair shot, there's there's sort of a buildup of of frustration in some sense, right? Um and and I think that's where we were looking at it saying oh boy you know there there may be a different way to look at how this ecosystem of people because it's so fragmented that's part of the thing is that part of the beauty of the the ecosystem is it's fragmented and there are lots of people doing lots of cool different kinds of things and subcultures and right but because of that fragmentation it's also very difficult to navigate so if you're somebody coming in looking for something right you know where do you start where do you go if you're trying to even if you're trying to to pull from this this rich ecosystem and you know the the that that in some senses is, is where you can really start to see opportunity which is that you know as and and that's what we're seeing today by the way is that we started off thinking about traditional media film tv advertising mm-hmm. but really where the action has has exploded is that you know create you know the creator economy the creator you know cl- class as such right yeah, yeah. has exploded right everybody right you know can can go participate in this idea of creating and distributing and getting connected to people who care about the thing that they've made. Uh-huh. And um, that means that there are a whole bunch of new people who are trying to figure out how to, you know, use music. Cause music to me will always be at the heart of many of these pursuits. Yeah. Right. You know, right? And, and, you know, going from, you know, film to TV, to advertising, to, to fitness, to podcasting, to gaming, et cetera, it still, you know, pulls in this need, right. To yeah. have music be part of the way of lifting the emotional, you know, sort of, Aspect of, of any particular piece. And so you have all these people saying, hey, like well, how you know, how do I get access to the stuff that's great for what I'm doing? Right. And how do I do it in a way that's proper, that's legal, that's safe, et cetera, et cetera. And um, given that, you know, if you could aggregate and create a center of gravity around this fragmented ecosystem and present it in a way that makes it really simple for somebody to be able to f- discover and connect to and license and incorporate. That music you could do something really interesting
0: yeah, yeah. Right. so and so to, that's, that's so you and the team at syncfloor at, at the same time that you are building a catalogue of music creators and rights owners that are using the platform is your role in this to mm-hmm. really sell the system to the music users
1: yeah you know i in fact you're, in some you're sense...
0: the the you're the conduit in the middle. You're that's going, right. Like, that's We're that's going right. Up. Yes, exactly. We're building right. the trust. We're making the connections.
1: That's right. That's right. And our partners, our partners, rely on us a lot to do that. And and the thing is, that in any marketplace you build, any internet marketplace, let's say, right? You know, your your job is twofold: one, to take care of your partners, your supply, and to generate demand. Ultimately, you know, you you can't survive long term unless you find great ways to generate flow of demand access to opportunity yeah you can't do that unless you have interesting supply and that's sort of the chicken and egg that that you know sort of plagues any you know marketplace startup Mm -hmm. and you have to decide like how do you bootstrap that and and many times the bootstrap ends up being that you have to bootstrap supply first and to bootstrap supply first you have to find some creative way of providing some value to supply um the you know the thing we did is we you know we'd you know, so we sort of built all this around essentially a a new kind of search engine for discovery. And what we did is we said that, okay, well, and that's because we said that from a user experience perspective, the thing we were trying to solve is that like, well, how do I even find the thing that I'm looking for given a creative desire? So we said, could we convert that creative desire into results? Right? So that's, that was sort of the, the, okay, can we, the technological basis or breakthrough or innovation, which we now have patented, which is natural language music search. Um, uh, to, to to do something interesting and provide interesting content for somebody to search, you you have to start with this like okay well how do you get partners interested? So one you have to make make it so that it's kind of a no brainer like super easy to to participate in. Um, the deal that you you know profess to them is really good, which which we are like you know it's like essentially when we talk to a partner, it's you know. ISRCs and content. That's all. We take care of all the rest. We generate all the metadata. We put the stuff together. We, you know, uh, give you ways to access it yourself, which is which is really important because, you know, you, you know, a lot of people talk about it in the sort of marketplace phenomenon as a single-player mode, right? So, so what does it mean for you as a, a catalog partner to get some value from this, you know, software infrastructure and ecosystem you have joined before it's it's flowing demand to you? And that we we sort of created a thing where we said, hey, well, you know, if you put your stuff in our thing, then for free, you get to expose your catalog using our software. So anybody who can come to your site and they can search around and they can get access to it. And you can even use that when you're doing supervision. It makes you and your access to your catalog and your mining of your catalog more efficient, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And that's the first thing that we do. And then as we get more and more of a corpus of, of partners, you know, today we have a hundred plus partners right. um, across you know, many different you know, sizes of, of, of you know, um, rights holder. Um, but as we get that, then that allows us to take that aggregate and start to find the creative ways of creating demand. Um, and to, today, you know, our, our primary you know, areas of, of focusing on demand generation are in fitness mm-hmm. and in media, particularly advertising.
0: And is the focus currently? I, I've noticed over the past few months of you know partners in Africa and India on the rights owner side, are you mainly focusing on US based companies No, no from, actually, a, actually from a music user perspective? Or? Oh, for, I'm
1: sorry, music user. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Because on the on the on the catalog kind of partner side, we're we're quite diverse as far as yeah. You know, yeah Countries and, yep. and and size of partner and all that type of stuff. Um, I would say I would say for the most part, yes. Not not necessarily um, in terms of U.S. You're very very U.S. centric or or U.S. and 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 you know maybe U.K. and Europe centric as far as um, as far as buyers. Um, but you know I, I would say that that's not by that's not by design restriction per se. You know mm-hmm. you know we we somebody can can you know sort of do licensing with us from from any country um, yeah. um, um for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the the you know when you're building out demand generation in particular, um a lot of that has to then do with you know GTM and sales motion and things like that. and And so insofar as like you you have a certain number of sales resources and a certain way of accessing customers. Um, you know you have to think a little bit in terms of like okay well we're going to start here and then you know, yeah yeah, yeah
0: there's got to be some vague strategy yeah <laughs> to, to reaching out rather than just carpet bombing the whole, the whole world going there you go makes, <clears> yeah, <clears> this <a> is throat> good throat> honest <laughs> I asked a, a kind of a slightly loaded question earlier about when you, you invested your own money into oh, yeah, yeah. Brick Lane, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Sink Floor you've gone down the uh, yeah venture yeah. capital the venture startup, capital, uh, the venture capital rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by that. So can talk me through the yeah. process of 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 entering that world and getting yeah. getting financial investment in that way. You know how long. Does it take until you get what you're after? What hoops are you having to jump through in order to do that? Because it's, it's something that appears a lot in, you know, in news articles and things like you know, this company's mm-hmm. done this, done that. And I have, I've never, never done, done the, it. We've some of those and articles so, ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really interested in kind of learning a little bit yeah. about that, that side of, of setting sure. up a, a new business.
1: Sure, I, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot to that, so, um, so I'll, I'll you try to kind of, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, you know, I, I would say that, you know, first of all, you're, you're still, you know, sort of starting at, you know, sort of the basic thing of having an idea and a vision and and, and something that you think is valuable to make, something that you think people will want that solves an interesting problem. Like you're still, that's still like sort of the basic place to start regardless of whether you end up bootstrapping mm-hmm. or, um, or, or, you know, sort of, you know, trying to scale via venture capital or what have you. Um, I think, you know, the, the scale of, of the problem you're trying to solve sometimes determines how early you know you want you want to you know sort of go take some form of investment and and in today's world that generally starts with a startup with you know what's thought of as you know angel or pre-seed investment Like you're you're really you know saying that okay well i've i've fleshed out this idea whether that's through you know prototyping or early product market fit experiments or um or what have you enough that i i can explain this vision to a set of you know primarily individual investors well Mm -hmm. enough that they want to go with me on the journey and at that stage it's still you know very you know it's venture so adventure capital you know so it's very very it's risky it's you know you're you're really telling people that I have a vision and I haven't figured out how to make it completely real yet but here are some elements that might make you think that I've got i'm talking about something interesting that has a really interesting addressable market total addressable yep. market that and that that you and and your co-founder and whoever else is there are are the the right people to bet on and i would say that in that very early stage and certainly up through a number uh you know at least two or three of the stages um there's still a big bet on people right on on like you know this problem this market these people yeah right Um, what you end up doing over time is you're kind of, you know, and at each stage is you're removing risk from those, you know, those pieces, right? right? So, you know, you're, you know, as you, as you, you work through, you know, pre-seed and, and, and so on. So if you go, as you go from sort of more sort of friends and family, angel investment to, okay, I'm going to pre-seed and I'm getting venture capital involved, Mm -hmm. uh, formal venture capital. Um, Then you're, you're really starting to say that, well, okay, here are now Here's more of what I've built, and more specific experiments, and more signal that says that um, that there's something interesting here, and that I'm attaching to a way of of you know farming this particular addressable market. Okay, and that I can have the right team. Excuse me, the right team to um, to go after this. Um, I would say that you know. Um, by the time you're getting to to sort of seed invest, investment i'll take a step back and say the thing that we were building marketplaces are known to be you know sort of difficult beasts to wrap your head around because you're you're trying to create both a supply ecosystem and a demand uh-huh. you know sort of generation engine um and then on top of that we were building some things that were technologically also you know difficult to do um and there's an advantage in that in that if you solve the problem in in an interesting way and you can, you know, sort of create some IP around it that's protected, that's great too. Um, But, you know, the, you know, we're in that sort of pre-seed going to seed sort of stage. And, you know, as you go towards seed, what you're trying to show people then is that, okay, I've done, I've, you know, I've been experimenting on product market fit. And, and so making, making it clear that, not only have I built something that people want and that that's in a, a large addressable market, um, but also that I've started to figure out the channels by which I can uh, attach to those people at the right, you know, sort of unit economics, right? So so you're trying to get to that, you know, sort of stage, right? So people can say, ah, okay, I see there's something actually happening here, right? right. And that, yes, you're still the team to, to get, continue to to go do that. Um, and that there's some customers that are saying that they're passionate about the thing that you've, you've, you've solved okay. and that your cost of acquiring those customers versus the value that those customers are willing to pay is the ratio is correct and and all those things. right? So you're starting to really make those things concrete, which sort of makes it less risky for people to take the next step stage in investing. And that's where, you know, kind of where you know sort of where at and then you know ideally once you've gotten to to you know past that c stage and you're going towards what people think of as series a or what have you um you're you're really starting to tell people that i can i can i can grow this thing right i can take it around the bend right um and um and and so then the metrics that you're going to be measured by and the things that you need to show people and convince people to give you that investment are, are start to become even more concrete um, and it continues on and on and on up, up the up the curve until you okay. know you've built a business that's, you know, at some scale and IPO or acquired or what, whatever it is.
0: Um, and is that investment that you've had is that mainly to focus on developing the tech, that's kind of, that, you know the patented well, well, technology that you that you've built the whole system around, or is it for kind of more, as you said, growing. The, the business well also well,
1: at the stage at the stage that we're at your 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 investors are interested in you building a great product that people want and in some sense you know having built technology that's innovative and that's you know you know patented etc mm-hmm. that's just that's great that adds to the value but it's no substitute for the most important thing which is that you're building something that people want and want to use and you're building that in the context of a large addressable market Right. That's what that's what really they're they're saying is that hey I'm I'm going to give you this money because I believe what you said about the 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 size of the opportunity, right, and that the thing that you're building has some momentum or desire you know sort of desire, right, and that for us the thing that we're building is a combination of um of content a content ecosystem yep. that is ac- accessed via a marketplace platform that. Um, has lots of elements to it, including discovery, which is built around our patented thing, including curation, which is built around a, a bunch of other interesting things for the way people might pull together, you know, uh, or a playlist or folder of music for use in a particular creative pursuit, as well as the actual licensing itself from micro licensing all the way up to negotiated transactions. And so that end-to-end story, right, for, you know, sort of, you know, software and, and, and content, right, is what, is they're saying, hey, if you can build that product and you can find a way to market and sell that product, that's what this money is for. Right? Right. So, so it's not, it's not purely about, you know, building a piece of, uh, building a widget. It's, you know, it's about thinking about the end to end. It's about thinking about creating something people desire. It's about marketing that thing. It's about how you sell it. What's your go to market motion. Mm-hmm. How do you think, you know, so when you think about us working in, in two very different areas, like, you know, fitness and, and traditional media, right you know, our go-to-market is going to, you know, look a little different in each of those, but we have to show that, you know, yes, we understand how to go find those customers. We understand how to explain our value proposition to yep. those customers in a way that makes them want adopt it. We have to show that we're satisfying those customers, that we're continuing to innovate to, to, to give yeah, them yeah. more of what they need. Um, and, and we're doing so at the right, you know, sort of cost ratios. <laughs>
0: the big, big, big element of what you've just said there that I think is is the key for moving forward from someone who who's been in the industry for the last 20 years is that is the the, the conundrum of micro licensing, I think is that's, the, that's, that's, but, def-
1: that's definitely been interest an interesting one for us, you know, the amount of
0: the amount of times that you you yeah, as as a sync person at a publisher or at a label, you know, doing the paperwork, doing the whole process for something that can earn <laughs> you fifty pounds can take yeah, exactly yeah. the same amount of time that the something that time. can earn you fifty grand. <laughs> right, right, right. And right, right. so and you've mentioned that the, the area of the business that's that's growing exponentially is the content creator marketplace, that everybody is a broadcaster, now everybody is a creator and finding those opportunities for commercial music in there that's not going to be cost uh, prohibitive but mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. not going to be time or paperwork or contractually prohibitive right. as well that's, it's, right. it's, that's, right. that's the holy grail that's right and that's and area. so
1: so you know one of the places that we feel we've done you know sort of great work is is in the context of of micro licensing particularly for fitness okay. um you know and you know micro licensing they you know the magic and, and non-magic of it is that really all you're trying to do is, is remove friction, right? Yeah. You're trying to, as you say, right, you're trying to say that, Hey, can we create a framework by which the licensor and licensee can sort of already pre-agree that this, that, you know, if they remain within these boxes, that, that the rest of the stuff can be brokered by software in a way that's very, very seamless. Yeah. Right. And so for us, for, um for fitness, that, that was critical, right? Cause you know, if you're, if you're a fitness instructor, or you're a, a, you know at a, a digital fitness startup, or a production team at a digital fitness startup, um, you're you're not trying to you're not trying to do music supervision per se, right? You know, at some scales, you know, Peloton has a, a fairly large music supervision team actually, but but the the you know for the most part, what you're when doing is you're license. having instructors. Right, right, but 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 you know for. for <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, you know, you're, you've are you got, you know, companies where it's the instructors and the production teams yeah. who are just you know, trying to get their job done day to day on a schedule that has live classes and live to on-demand classes and on-demand classes that they're trying to make and they're just trying to crank. And so for them, they want to go somewhere, find great music, pull it together in a playlist, decide whether, you know, they want this part of the song or that part of the song. Um, speed the song up or slow it down you know sort of make sure that you know it's spliced together in a really effective yeah. seamless way that kind of thing and then say great that's it I want it and then go off and do their production uh-huh. and that's real that's what we've built that's that's the, the magic of what we have built is you know we have this corpus uh, this significant corpus of tracks you know at, at this point you know sync floor and aggregate has you know um, uh, 22,000 plus tracks and, and uh, available for this kind of one stop. In licensing across lots of different tiers, and you know, in the context of fitness, you know, we have this great, you know, so you know, subset of that that's accessible, mm-hmm. and um, and you don't all you have to do is care about making the thing that you want to make, right? You just you care about like I've got this kind of you know class, and I want to pull together these songs, and I have a great, easy, simple discovery, discovery system for finding the stuff that I want, and and you know, sort of once I've got that together. I can either say, "Great, I'm turning this on now to, to stream it for a live thing," or, "Great, I'm purchasing this playlist right now for a on-demand thing." And that's mm-hmm. it. It's like one click, and it's you know, a little check yeah, yeah, yeah. goes next to your thing, and that's it. You know, wow. um, and we we bill, we bill our customers monthly for their license activity, and we can we essentially send them a ledger that says, okay. "Here's all your license activity. Here's your bill." And then when we you know sort of pay out our partners, we say, "Here's a ledger of the activity that happened on your catalog, and here's your check." And so okay. for our partners they're like, "Wow, lovely.'ve <laughs> we've seen we've seen yeah. this movie before. This looks <laughs> this looks like streaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is looks it, like you know.
0: it, can anybody who is a rights owner sign up whether you are a, a, an individual DIY songwriter an artist, whether you're a small indie publisher or a record company like myself, or whether you are a, a giant multinational Any, anybody? can so
1: so it's a subset so so you know we have we curate into our into our you know sort of partner set and catalog set and and you know uh, given the constraints of of uh time and resources you know what we focused on are businesses so typically you 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 need to be a label publisher distributor you can be a very small label we have labels that are are you know you know two digit catalog size with just a couple of great artists and yeah. and that's it and, and they can do well because they've just got great music that people want to access um, or they can be you know the the create music groups or the tune cores or uh-huh. you know that kind of thing in the world um, they can be luminaries like a, a, a sub pop or a motor music they you know they can be you know sort of a niche you know sort of a player in a particular genre um you know we have you know sort of great partners like you know artist originals from Geosavin where we have great um, uh, Indian EDM and things uh-huh. like that um, and uh, you know so 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 you you, know, you can be you know along those axes every you know every once in a while we do have some individuals that we bring in but it ten- tends to be that they've sort of crossed the 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 boundary of of running their, you know, sort of individual artist career as, as a business. So, you know, a good example um, is, you know, we have a, an artist called Approaching Nirvana um, and uh, he's, you know, got something close to half a million monthly listeners. And, you know, I, you know, so once you kind of get to that point, you're kind of running your thing in a yeah, different yeah. way anyway. And so, so we, we have that, but, but essentially right now on our website, you can go on there, you can click on become a catalog partner. You can see what kinds of things we, we offer you fill out a a, you know if you want to submit you fill out a form tell us about your stuff and we check it out if we think if we feel like it's at the right you know quality level and is the right fit for for you know sort of what we're trying to curate then we reach out and importantly and it's it's probably one of the more important things is that you know we deal in content that's one stop so you have to be able to represent both sides Mm -hmm. right um um, and because and the reason we say that is that is that. You know, one of sort of the the it's light bulb moments. For...
0: It's speed. It's it's all those That's things right. that you talked about That's right. making the, the it light easy bulb... for the other side. Yeah.
1: Exactly. The light bulb moment for us was that if you if you have a curated catalog of one stop, and there's lots of great one stop commercial music out there, especially in the EU system, that you can aggregate. Once you have that, then you can actually create tons of value in software for how people access it, because you can get rid of a whole bunch of the like, how do I figure out who owns what and you know how do I (laughs) negotiate that across the thing right you can just put it all into simple frameworks and so that's been a really important thing what's ahead for
0: 2022 and beyond
1: Sure, sure. Um, so, so
0: you know, right now the team is,
1: we're we're really heads down on you know sort of the month over month growth um, in the two sectors that we're focused on, which are fitness and media, uh, particularly advertising. Um, uh, beyond that, you know, um, you know, it's it's about you know t- taking that narrative and and getting to sort of that next level um, to to grow to grow the the ecosystem, grow you know our our supply ecosystem grow our, our, our customer ecosystem um, and and enter into other places with our market, marketplace platform that we think there's great opportunity. And I would say probably the next big one for us is gaming. Um, okay. Is that we, we see a lot of interesting opportunity there as well. But, you know, it's important as a startup to kind of focus and, you know, get momentum in certain things and then sort of take on the next one.
0: Is there any particular area of gaming that's the focal um, point? You, you know, there outlined is, you know, just the first there are thing. a number
1: of experiments we want to do there I would say that you know you know I I outline a couple that I think are are particularly interesting one is is in the area of enabling you know sort of uh, uh content creators who are taking game sessions and, and recording them and wanting people to, to use them that's still very built area of significant pain the world of for those for those folks yes significant pain yeah. <laughs> right um you know there um, and then the other one is is sort of uh you know metaverse. You know, sort of like, so what does it mean for you to have, that you know, um, music? Yes, that's right. Music <laughs> artifacts in a metaphors and, um, and, and be able to access all the great music that we have access to um, in those contexts. And so um, so I would say that those are two really clear areas of, of experimentation.
0: Amazing. Know, Kurt, thank you so much for, yeah, for, for no, chatting to me today. It's been amazing to yeah, meet yeah. you.
1: Yeah, same, same here. Really, thank you for having me on the show and, and look forward to connecting some offline.
0: Thanks to Kurt there for having a chat with me. As I mentioned right at the beginning, it was a great conversation to have. Really, really interesting guy. Um, If you're interested in learning more about SyncFloor, go to their website, SyncFloor.com. That's S-Y-N-C-F-L-O-O-R.com. You can also find them on Twitter and Instagram at SyncFloor. You can also check out his record company, BrickLaneRecords.com. And they're also on Twitter at BricklaneRex. Uh, the music for the pod this year is by Bloom Paul. Search Bloom Paul on Spotify and listen to all of his stuff. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at bloom.pool. And when you're searching on Instagram, search for bloom/slash Paul. Get in touch with me uh, via a whole host of mediums. Uh, email behind the business pod at gmail.com find me on instagram at dc music publishing find me on twitter at danny champion and if you're interested in learning a bit more about the the publishing company uh, please go to www.dcmusicpublishing.co.uk to find out more Uh, There's plenty more episodes to come this year, so please follow, uh, give the podcast a like, a review, tell somebody, just one person uh, that you know who might like the content that I'm putting out. It's really, really helpful uh, and share the love um, if you get the chance. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for listening and I will uh, be in your ear holes another time.